Hey everyone, you're listening to the Jersey Church Podcast, where we give practical tips to equip people to care and connect others to Christ. Welcome everyone to the Jersey Church Podcast. I am Todd Smeltzer here with uh, Matt Reed, uh, my trusty co-host. Reed, how are you doing today? You know, I'm, I'm doing all right. The sun is shining and um, I'm in my son's bedroom. So it's, uh, this is the, the safest, quietest place in my house right now. Uh, he's doing schoolwork. So I'm doing, I'm doing well. Good. Very good. It is warming up, uh, less white stuff out there and uh, a lot of melting going on. So these, uh, these are good, uh, good days here. So, well, today we uh, continue our um, uh, season three, and this is episode number four, uh, and it's really a continuation from last time where we were talking about connecting in community in a pandemic. So we cover the the biblical foundation of what we see in the Trinity and and the body of Christ, and and shared some personal examples and and talked about uh, starting small. So today will be ultra, ultra practical. These are actually uh, will be a series of questions that uh, that I feel like I've had with people. I sometimes refer to it as playing 20 questions with people in terms of helping them find the group that is for them. And and we wanted to make mention that this is for not only those looking for community, but hopefully you haven't, uh, if you already uh, are deeply entrenched in uh, in biblical community right now, that uh, that you don't uh, uh, drop off and uh, wait for the next episode. But man, I really hope and pray that maybe you pick up on something that you could use uh, when you are helping others find community. So again, we're going to be talking through practical steps you can take uh, yourself, or help others to take in terms of narrowing the search. And I think oftentimes in the Christian life, uh, when there is an abundance of options and we don't really know what next step to take, typically speaking, we don't do anything. Uh, it reminds me of a story one time when uh, taking a, a, a brand new believer into a Lifeway Christian bookstore. And I had never really looked at that experience through those eyes. Uh, in fact, I had uh, initially said, uh, well, hey, just, you know, head over Lifeway and pick yourself up a Bible and, and uh, you know, we'll be good to go. And he said, no, Todd, you, you don't understand. I, I have no idea. I've never owned a Bible. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. So could you, uh, could you, could you meet me there? So in my head, I, I'm thinking, I had to fight through some things. I'm like, seriously, you know, I'm going to, you know, meet you at the Christian bookstore. But uh Boy, am I thankful I did because just to see the look on his eyes when he looked around the store as a brand new believer going, yeah, just find a Bible. And there are um, dozens and dozens and dozens. Uh, And then what are these other uh, reference materials? What's all that about? Uh, And then there's other row after row after row after row of books. So again, that's not about finding community, but I think it, it, it helps illustrate this idea of so many times we send people off to take a step of faith, but if that's unclear and uncertain uh, and with so many different options when it comes to finding community, it can be paralyzed. So hopefully today's conversation helps uh, you narrow that search if uh, you're in need and in between uh, community, 
or it could help you uh, help others. So the first step we're going to talk about uh, for, uh, for Reed to describe is the format of the group. And this is a little bit new just because of the day and age in, in which we're living in right now. Yeah, well, it's it's new at the same time, Todd. It's uh, it's not new for some areas of life. I was thinking about this. So the three, four Todd and I thought of were in person. So that means actually physically with people uh, online. And that's kind of what Todd and I are doing right now. We're, we're on a Zoom with each other. And uh, my kids use Google Meet for school. Um, that started with COVID, you know, so something like that. Uh, and uh, or a hybrid. And that's where, you know, some people are in the room physically together and then some people are not and they're watching uh by a video or on a screen. Um, but I was thinking about this. Uh, a lot of the format of the group is based on, you know, life situation, obviously, like with COVID, um, you know, we were forced uh, all into our homes. So we relied on Zoom and on Google Meet and Skype and things like that to connect with each other, um, you know, and, and have personal personal contact. Um, you know, so it's not just like on the phone, but I can see somebody. Um, now, what's interesting is, uh, the, the other thing, so one is personal, personal, like context, like what's going on. But the other thing was, how do you best learn? I was, I was meeting with a college student, uh, yesterday and he takes all of his classes online. And he said, you know, Matt, I've just found it to be easier for my schedule. Uh, and, and easier for me learning. Cause I can go at my own pace. And if I don't understand something, I can contact the professor. Now, obviously there's not a video class going on where they're all gathering. Um, but I'm doing one, um, now that's, that's distance learning and we all get on and we do a zoom and that would have been that way, whether we were in COVID or not, because it's through a school that's out of state. Um, and so, you know, you have situations like that as well. Uh, so, so it's this interesting thing of what's your, what's your context? Um, what are you able to do? Or, you know, with COVID, what do you feel safe doing? Uh, but then also, you know, how do you, how do you learn best? And so I would encourage that you, know, you look at how you learn and your context, and then, you know, you come into, you, you come into a group that fits that. So, you know, if, if you need to be in person, like with school, I can't do online school. I, I need to be in person. I need to be in the classroom. I need to see the professor so I can ask him questions. Um, and I need other students in there that I know that way I can like, you know, pick off their notes when I don't understand something. Uh, so I always needed that. Um, and to this day, man, I need to sit down with people and just kind of, you know, exhale and, and meet with people. Um, and I do think that if you do choose an online group, I think that's good. At the same time, obviously, we, we do need that face-to-face -face interaction. So if you're going to choose an online group right now, I would encourage you to, to figure out a way to do the face-to-face -face interaction with somebody. Maybe it's not the whole group, you know, because you're, you're trying to keep your bubble small from COVID, but, um, but try, to, uh, try to make some personal contact. Uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, with the formats of the group, again, it's just kind of what's your context? How do you learn? Um, and then we're going to talk about, you know, how do we connect with people in a, in a few moments? But, uh, but I think those are two big ones. And with technology, man, we've got a lot of options, uh, a lot of options right now. And things may change, right? Your context may change. Uh, maybe you do well learning online um, in one particular way, but then you're realizing like, gosh, that doesn't work though for this or it doesn't work for that. And so you have to adjust as you go. Uh, but for right now, you know, think about, you know, what's your context? Uh, where do you, where do you feel like you can feel safe and, uh, and connected with people, but also learn and grow in Christ. 
So absolutely. Um, and <laughs> at times when uh, when the, could those overlap? You know, if one's predominantly one way, uh, if it's online, but uh, but we're going to take one week out of the month or uh, or every other time where uh, we're going to meet in person in a in a safe way. So it could be a you know a combination of the two as well. I did have one clarifying question. Reading something you said. So when you prefer the in person class, you said uh, take a look at other people's notes. That was during the study time, right? That wasn't like during the test time. I just no, needed to clarify that for our audience. I didn't know. But there are often times where I'm uh, I'm going, hey man, did you take notes for this class? Because I don't understand a thing. And uh, you know, the greatest thing I did was study groups. You want to talk about community? You find the people in the class, and you say, hey, can I can I be in your study group? Now it only hurts when they look at you and they say no, because that what that means is like you're not going to bring any benefit to the group, so we don't want you in it. And that you know that always hurt a little bit, but I only got a couple. Minutes. So, so, you know, there's, uh, there's times in, in a talk or a sermon or a teacher, where you're like, if you remember nothing else, yeah. let it not be <laughs> to find a good study group. Okay. You know, there, there's plenty of other things that we're going to, we're going to be talking about here. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we've got, uh, next up is second step is the type of group. What we mean by this is, um, what is going to best suit your schedule? So would that be an on-campus group, uh, on Sunday morning? And that, okay, while I'm at church and coming for corporate worship, this really would be the best time to look at finding community. Uh, or would it be off campus where, you know what, I'm serving on a Sunday morning or, or uh, uh, boy, having something during the week when uh, sort of breaks things up to be able to, uh, and <clears throat> there's just a difference in terms of, uh, uh, of being in a classroom setting and, uh, and being in somebody's living room. So, uh, so there's lots of different reasons why uh, a person or a couple or a family would choose one type over the other. There are also, I think this is another option that sometimes that we can um, uh, forget about is we call them focused grow groups uh, here in Jersey. But uh, what we mean by that is uh, focused for a specific period of time, a short-term group. And those can be great ways as just to test the waters and uh, to join up with a short-term group. You know what, I, I, if I join up with, a, with an ongoing um, home group or, uh, or class, that, a group that meets on Sunday morning, you know, that group might've been around for a while and I don't know many people, but a short-term group can be a great way to, uh, to meet other people. And then that can oftentimes be a springboard to uh, to a longer term option beyond those uh, those six weeks. So again, the type of group on campus at uh, at church, uh, and we're also offering even more options along those lines. Sometimes it doesn't have to be on a Sunday morning, but uh, but through COVID, we've certainly needed to provide other options for people that might not be quite comfortable enough in opening their home up yet. Uh, so we're offering uh, you know on campus groups throughout the week uh, at the church as well. So again, on campus, off campus, or short term, the focused. Well, and then, you know, Todd, like uh, a lot of churches do, we always have those um, kind of the, the small group launches at the beginning of the, the fall, right? Yes. And, mm -hmm. and that's, that may not be a fully a focus group, but man, that's an always a great time 
to go, gosh, all right, I'm, I'm going to try this. Cause usually that's how they start, right? We have a series that we're covering. Every group does the series for six, eight weeks. And then, you know, afterwards they kind of go, all right, how are we feeling? Do we want to stay together? Do we not? Um, whereas, you know, some focus groups are on topics, right? So once the, you know, if you're reading a book, once the book's done, the group, the group uh, no longer exists. And so it's a good place to start, but then also with those, uh, those fall um, group launches that we do. Uh, and I know a lot of students do them. So. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because really the, the bottom line reason for that is to help people find community. And, you know, why such an emphasis uh, that time of year? It really is to most people are much more willing to join a group of people that haven't been together yet and they don't feel like they're walking into pre-existing relationships that have maybe been there for uh, for years versus a group where they can look around and all right we're all in the same playing field here you know we're all we're all new maybe not to groups but this particular group so i'm, I'm glad you brought that up so and another one you're gonna be glad i bring this one up too todd like todd i know you so well that i can start saying things I think you're going to like. So I'll say the topic and then you can explain it. The other thing to think about is multiplying a group because, right? Like if, you know, if you're in a group and you're thinking, you know, this is great, this is fantastic, but I've got friends that, that I think would uh, benefit from this. Those friends might not come into the group because they have, you have pre-existing relationships and it's always awkward when you come into a group that's known each other for so long. But when you launch out and you multiply, and maybe you take some of the people from the old group and add some people in, it's like you're starting something new, which makes it easier for your friends to come in. Um, so- Reed, you are almost bringing a tear to my eye, you know, with these last two softball questions that are so near and dear to my heart. Uh, I'm about to get ready to get emotional over this. Oh, so, uh, but <laughs> remember anything from this podcast, remember Todd getting emotional. You just if you remember anything. Don't remember that. I couldn't get into the good study groups. You just remember that Todd got emotional. <laughs> That's, uh, that doesn't happen too often. But anyhow, uh, yes. I mean, multiplication can be a, uh, Unfortunately, a dirty word around the church at times because anybody that has tasted biblical community, I don't know anybody that that wants to raise their hand and say, you know what, this has been incredible. I've loved these relationships. I've loved them so much that I'm going to go off and recreate them someplace else. I mean, nobody in their right mind wants to do that. And yet, multiplication is clear throughout the scriptures. Uh, and if I always go back to if the disciples decided to stay in their holy huddle and uh, and not to multiply and go out, then, I mean, where would we be today? So uh, so I think that uh, and it doesn't have to mean the end of your current group. It could mean that it, things just change. You know, you could even remain a part of that or or uh, connected with it in a different way. But think about I mean, right now we have what? read about 900 to 1,000 people meeting online. We have no idea how many of those have biblical community, and yet where are they going to find those? Mm -hmm. Uh, In our existing group structure, there's no way in the world that we could house that many people. You know, I mean, we could open up the worship center uh, and uh, and not have that uh, room enough for that many people, and yet, the power of relationships, the power of personal invitation, like you said, uh, they might not come to this group, but if you started something new, even just for a few weeks, it could be as, as little as six weeks, 
uh, imagine what the Lord could do with that step of faith in, uh, in helping others connect. Yeah. So um, I was at a church in Denver and it was a small church and was starting up a young adult ministry. And we had uh, we had a group that was meeting in like a two bedroom apartment and it got to be about 20, 25 people. And that's that's packed of young adults. Some, you know, some young married couples, uh, no, nobody had kids yet. Um, and so obviously I was sitting here going, OK, we can't fit anymore. So let's um, you know, let's multiply it. You know, and, and we had some really solid people in that group. And and I remember one of the young ladies had gone to Tim Keller's church in New York for a while. And she said, when I was there, I learned that when you multiply, everybody was always really sad because you know you're losing the relationships. And she goes, until you know, in the train, they say, Look, you don't actually lose the relationships. You can still be friends and not be in the same group. And and that was like a mind-blowing thing for me. It's like, yeah, like so and and because I was trying to help everybody understand we need to go, you know. 15 over here, 15 over here, you know, like split up, go to, you know, maybe some larger places and, and, and nobody was fighting me. They were, I could just tell, they're like, well, we've just so enjoyed this. We don't want to lose it. And, um, and so when we, we did that, I was able to explain like, look, we're still going to see each other at church. We're still going to be friends. You know, we'll still hang out. Um, you know, the only thing is we just won't all be together every week, you know, in, in the same room. And that seemed to really help people. Um, cause it is, it's almost like, oh, I'm in a group. I can't see you anymore. I'm not going to be a friend. It's like, well, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. There's a variety of other ways to, to keep a friendship going outside of a small group or a grow group. So, yeah. yeah. Well said. Perfect example for that. So, all right, Reed, back to you again. Uh, next up, we have the style of group. Lots right. of different styles that we could talk about here. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I think again, this goes back to just understand who you are, where you're at in life, your context. Um, you know, I know, like I was just talking about a young adult group, um, you know, when people tend to hit a certain age, they don't enjoy the young adult groups, you know, and, and I would say even, uh, when they, uh, when they graduate college, they, they don't want to go to college groups anymore, you know, because the, the, the challenges of life are different. The, um, you know, the thought process is different. You know, if you have a freshman in college who is trying to figure out how to, register for classes, you know, kind of thing. And you're, you know, three years into your career and you're trying to figure out how to deal with a, an angry boss, right? Like, you know, what, when you're, when you're in college, registering for classes may seem like a, such a big challenge, but then the person who's gone through that's already entered another phase of life is like, that is nothing. Wait until you have a boss that's like breathing down your neck and you're not sure if you're going to get fired because he just doesn't like you. And, and I mean, the same thing when you get married and when you have kids or, you know, maybe you're single and you know, you're moving into your thirties and, you know, you're, you're working. Uh, it's just, it's, it's different life, uh, situations, but then also what are you comfortable with? Um, I've always loved groups where the age range is, uh, from like 20 to 60. Right. And you got, you know, yes. you got people who are older that are like, well, you know, I'm doing this and you're know, trying to figure this out and people who are younger. And it's just this, this multi-generational group. Um, at the same time, I totally get that people gravitate towards people that are in similar situations. So that's why young adults kind of gra gravi gravitate together. Um, and some of it is they're looking for friends. They're looking for people they can connect with and that understand them. And, and so you just got to figure out what do you, where's your comfort level with your context and who you are. Um, but then also, you know, what kind of style do you want? You know, we've got some great grow group leaders at Jersey that are more lecture 
uh, based. They just, they get up there and they, they talk and the lessons are fantastic. The information's great. You got some that hit more academic, you know, it's they're they're focusing on like, this is what Romans chapter one means. This is the theology. This is the, the salvation process. And they use big words, but it's all really good information to, to help us understand just what it means to, uh, to live for God. And then you have guys who are more practical or, uh, or more groups that are more discussion-based where, you know, somebody comes and they read a scripture and they're like, what do y'all think? And you just talk about it and then you apply it that way. And, and so what are you looking for, you know, with the, the style of teaching? Um, and then the, you know, I guess I already talked about this, but the makeup of the group of, you know, are you, are you more comfortable with uh, age group or are you more comfortable with everybody being the same? You know, what are you, what are you looking for? So, so yeah. So, I mean, and if you're at our church, you know, you can get online and you can see all those groups. Um, and if you're, I'm sure every, you know, most churches have websites now you can do that. Um, and obviously you can contact the pastor. Uh, I, I get a lot of people calling me saying, okay, I'm a young adult. Where do I fit? And we've got four or five options. Uh, you know, usually the person I'll, I'll have four to five good options, and and uh, kind of connect them via email to leaders and stuff like that. And so, so yeah. So I mean, it's just you have to understand again it's context where you're at in life and and who you are, who God's made you to be, and how you learn. And and so, so yeah. yeah, yeah. So I really pre- I mean, you brought up some great points there. Uh, there's so many different options when it comes to style and it could be co-ed where there's singles and couples. It could be a couples group. It could be singles. And I really appreciate that you said um, to really to follow the Lord's leading there because, you know, one of the jokes in small group ministry is that. So, um, well, tell me a little bit about the type of group you're looking for. And uh, it's like, okay, well, uh, we'd like people uh, just like us, uh, the exact same stage of life. And uh, we want them to, uh, to, to um, uh, rent, not own a home, you know, or vice versa. You know, I mean, so specific is the joke. Uh, and, <laughs> uh, it, it's pretty close to that. So uh, and yet, uh, like you said, it's just human nature to want to be around people in our same stage of life. And there's so much value in that. Uh, but I, I appreciate you at least cracking the door to uh, intergenerational groups as well. And, uh, and are they more difficult to pull off? Yes. And to be able to come into a room where there could be, like you said, any, anyone there from, you know, 20 to 60 or above. And yet to think about the, uh, the different generations having an opportunity to pour into one another and learn from one another, uh, I think can be very valuable. Well, and just, uh, you know, for people out there, one of the, uh, Barna did a study on Gen Z uh, and on millennials. They've got, I mean, they've done a lot, they're on both. But in each of those, they found that one of the things that helps young adults stay connected to the church is not just one relationship, but multiple relationships with people that are not in their age group or uh, stage of life. And so if you're a young adult listening, you know, take that to heart of, you know, one thing that you can do to stay connected with Christ's bride, with the church, is to find and seek out older men and women uh, to connect with um, and, to, you know, not to necessarily have them mentor you, not to, but just to be friends with. Uh, but then also, if you're listening and, and, you know, you're not in the millennial generation or you're not in um, the Gen Z, which millennials are 84, 80, you know, 80 to 1999, uh, and then Gen Z is like 1999 to, um, to present. 
But if you're you know, not in those generations, think about, is there somebody you can seek out and find that you can talk to and, and, and just to connect with as a friend? And, and though, that's what, helped me. again, it goes back to what you said, Todd, it's all about relationships here. And if you can find relationships in community, in a group, in your church, uh, you know, those things are going to be so helpful for you in walking with Christ long term. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, And then finally, last step we're going to talk about is the size of group and uh, two two primary ways to look at this. uh, Two general ways would be uh, grow group. Our small groups range anywhere from from five to 20. Uh, And um, there's some in really anywhere in between that. Uh, We have them in in, uh, all shapes and sizes. And then we have RD groups at the Peter, James, and John level of, uh, of two to four. Now, typically, we recommend uh, finding community first in a grow group, in a small group. And the, and the reason for that is it gives you an opportunity to, um, to meet a variety of different people, uh, especially if it's, if it's co-ed or mixed gender, where you're learning from um, a, a broad range of people. And then out of that, uh, tends to come our relational discipleship groups that uh, after um, relationships have been formed and, and you've gotten to know people and you recognize that, wow, you know, this person really has a, uh, an interest in, uh, in learning more and growing more. And, um, but in today's day and age and, and in, the, in the season we're living in, we, we recognize that uh, lives are busy. And there's a lot happening. And so uh, are there times where, boy, that the small group element um, I'm having met in this way, this way, this way. And, uh, and I'm really ready to jump right into uh, to RD to, uh, uh, to be discipled as well as to be raised up to disciple others. So, uh, so Reed, I'll throw it over to you for our uh, wrap up for the day. Yeah, well, and I would I would throw out too. I used to think that the grow group size that older generations like the larger groups and younger generations like the smaller groups, but I've been ple- pleasantly surprised that that's not always the case. Uh, and so again, it really is what do you feel comfortable with? You know, with a small group, do you really like a small small group like ten people where? You can get to know everybody or are you good with a a group where it's like, man, I got my five or six friends within this group, but the group is so great. You know, and I love the teacher and, or the leader and, and, uh, but again, yeah. So I just, I even listen to you, Todd, it all goes back to, you know, who you are and Mm -hmm. I have to try some things to figure that out. But I think the, the goal of all this is to do something. And so as I guess, as we wrap up here, um, you know, you've heard a lot of steps, None of this, um, nobody is going to say, well, Matt, who I am and who God has made me to be is, is somebody who really can do it on my own. You know, you know who I am and who God's made me to be. Uh, I can have a couple good friends, but that's, that's really all I need. And, you know, I can hang out with them every now and then. Now, you know, God's made us to, he's made the church uh, because he's made us to be in community. And, uh, you know, you may not be the most extroverted person, but you need to have people around you and you need to have a group of people um, around you so that you can walk with Jesus uh, and, and draw closer to him. Um, because when you're not in community, you just tread water. And really what that means is you're slowly drowning um, because you can't tread water forever. Treading water is not going to get you to the edge of the, the ocean. You know, it's when you begin to swim that you get to land and you can only swim when you got people around you that are, that are there to help and support. 
Um, so yeah, so take these practical steps on, you know, look at a, you know, find a format of a group that, that you feel like you can learn and connect in, uh, you know, look at different types of group. We talked about on campus, off campus and focused, uh, short-term groups, um, you know, figure out what style is best for you, you know, what teaching style, what makeup of the group, um, you know, what kind of people that you think you're going to best connect with and, and then the size of the group and how that looks and, and just, but do something, take one of these things. And if you're not in community today, just pick one thing you're going to, you're going to work on this week to try to take steps to be in community. Um, all right. With that, Hey, everybody, have a great week and enjoy, um, enjoy the sunshine. If it's sunshiny where you are, I guess people could be listening to this where it's not sunshiny, but it is today. Anyways, on that note, we'll see you guys soon. Take care. Have a good week. <laughs>